0: hello everyone and welcome to our show today we discuss about solving business problems in digital marketing i'm so excited to discuss this topic with alex makura how are you i'm well how about you yeah i'm doing great yeah you mentioned that you are in south africa it's interesting because yeah you know for me i can imagine that south africa is sunny uh, always uh, uh, warm weather but you mentioned it's not like this (laughs) yeah so uh, we need to know another part of south africa before we start just tell more about your self-experience background and yeah you can share about the weather in south africa you know
1: weather is always a fun topic for 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 a swede based out of south africa um, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess um, i'm a swede based in south africa um, mm-hmm. but I've, my career has taken me a bit all over the world uh working predominantly within digital marketing for the last 20 years um, i guess i'm i'm what one would call a t-shaped uh, marketeer uh, where I have both sides of the tea. Um, I n- I know the data side and I also know the softer side of it, so the branding side of things. I was fortunate enough to start within uh, w- within online marketing within digital uh, within travel very early. Where one of the, our biggest challenges back then was to overcome trust and and get people uh, to trust websites. So this was mm-hmm. in two thousand um, and four, and. Then fast pacing all the way through to now. I've been through education, fintech, sauce, um, to ultimately today run my own uh, growth and growth and digital uh, agency, uh, which is a full funnel, uh, full service um, one. Mm
0: Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, can you tell uh, how to solve these challenges? Where to start? For example, if I have hard time in my business because of uh, competitor, circumstances, anything, you know, uh, problems with supplies, how to find uh, these challenges or how to analyze that I have some problems and uh, decide them?
1: I, I think it, everything really starts with... Really, really knowing what you want to have a benchmark mm-hmm. so you, mm-hmm. you need to really start with the end in mind uh, what is considered success uh, mm-hmm. in, in your world and how how does you yourself rank if there's a lot of today with google there's a lot of uh, official statistics out there with different industries different um different markets um, you can accumulate a lot of this uh, to, to sort of see how you're um, positioned um, towards your both in, in your overall industry group, niche, but also towards your competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's very much, um, I'd say numbers speak a very important game. Um, mm-hmm. You need to have clear KPIs. Um, you, you need to really know how much you're willing to pay um, then um, we're starting to really go down and break things down sort of to on channel level. How are channels contributing uh, in a digital world to, to the influx uh, of, depending on what you want, maybe leads, maybe customers? Um, how much should they cost? Um, how do they attribute to one another? Is your niche? Mm-hmm one that is um, relevant do people know about it or do you need to create awareness around it meaning you can only you can only create that much of a buzz um Mm -hmm. your industry is very unknown so you're one of the first ones um Mm
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Can you tell more about uh, creating the right strategy? Uh, For example, uh, I know that many companies uh, are chasing... Uh, generic strategies they analyze their competitors and trying to replicate their efforts uh, to create the same content uh, create the same marketing uh, campaigns but uh, competitors usually use their strong sides if they are successful with that so they usually uh, keep doing Uh, but uh all companies have their unique selling proposition. Can you tell more about strategy? How to find the
1: right strategy and go ahead with that? Um, I think number one here is to really understand who you're selling to, mm-hmm. um, know your cu- know your customer. W- what problem are you solving? Um, w- without that, um, you will always fail because um, mm-hmm. you need you need to partly speak to the problem and your customer um because how it really works is that i'd say that about 90 percent of of all your decisions um are unconscious meaning they're emotionally uh, triggered Um, and Mm -hmm. and then a lot of the marketing efforts that you're doing that you're trying to sort of justify with logic and and rationale um Mm -hmm. and are built on the kpis and so number one here, get to know your customer. Um, what are you? What What do you want to solve? What are you really solving? What? Um, and and there thereafter, mm-hmm. I'd say that yes, I mean competition is of course good to look at, but mm-hmm. often you look at your direct competitor. Um, you don't consider things such as alternatives or complete different industries, and um, and then really wanting to, and and. Willing to take risks because no one in in today's digital marketing world or in a lot of companies, and um, you're only being rewarded for success, and, and success is normally a lower KPI of something that, that your managers have told you. and um, mm-hmm. I, I would yeah. say to sort of wanting to change that paradigm, a paradigm, and, and really say that actually you would like to start learning. So failure, um, if you run, for example, an experiment, um, failure should, learn, uh, should lead to a learning. Through learning, you will create something called compounding um, improvements. Mm-hmm. And, and via those, you will succeed and you will get ahead of your competitors. Um, but ultimately, I think what I'm trying to tell everyone is very much that you're trying to find your, your business levers. You're trying to find how you can utilize those to find the, your target market or uh, people uh, that are open to buying your, your proposition. Um, and if you do that in an effective way, you will get ahead of your, your competitors. Um, Mm -hmm. And you might even find a sub-niche to the niche that you initially thought that you were sort of targeting.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you tell more about KPI? How to uh, measure KPI uh, before starting marketing campaigns?
1: I'd say that often um, KPIs uh, are detracted from a top-down budget uh, or a Mm top-down plan that has been set uh, by... Either you, your your president, CMO uh, or a VP of marketing or the likes, and which is a plan in the bigger picture, and and, and you're literally being given given your KPIs of what you require to accomplish, and often these aren't very realistic, and um, there therefore I'd suggest that number one here is that you need to do some research, get to know your numbers. Uh, How Mm -hmm. are things really uh, converting? How much traffic are you getting? How much money are they really costing? Um, Mm -hmm. How many impressions are available today for you? Um, Meaning, what is the actual current market size? And, Mm -hmm. and, And thereafter, being able to start building a plan with KPIs that are real and, and measurable so they mm-hmm. need to be simple and they, they shouldn't be these um i I'd, I'd, I'd say that a lot of companies today them and a lot of marketeers they they kind of like to measure a lot especially because mm-hmm. data is almost abundant uh, but they then they haven't really sewn into what matters and so mm-hmm. it might be that they a simple one for, for Google ads, for example, you, you see on how many impressions you have, what your click through rate is, what your, CPC are, what your CPC is, therefore you'll be able to count your sort of average CPM. From your CPM, you get to a conversion rate to say a lead. From your lead, you normally have from lead to buy another type of conversion rate. And most likely somewhere in between there, if you're an e smaller conversion steps and you'll see drop offs along the way. And um, mm-hmm. along those, you should be able to sort of set a proper realistic plan on how much money you will actually need, how much money or what you will be able to deliver under current circumstances. Um, and th- thereafter, and um, that status quo. And um, you will be able to use these KPI numbers as benchmark to see how you can improve these.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it might
1: be to improve the cost per uh, impression, thousand impressions. Mm-hmm. So your it could be to improve your conversion rate, uh, meaning you need to be able to target better audiences and the landing page that you're sending them to or... Um, and, and most likely that in, in this particular case, maybe your checkout process is actually way too complicated. You're asking for too much information. You have too many fields that aren't relevant and therefore people drop off because they don't really feel the motivation to, to spend say five minutes trying to, to buy your product or your service.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah valuable
1: uh, uh i guess what i'm trying to propagate is is very much like a um, a, mm-hmm. a, a bottoms up type of plan instead of a top down
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh can you tell more about uh taking a risk you mentioned about uh, taking a risk and uh sometimes we can fail that's okay i think uh, failing is the part of the process and can bring only new experience, nothing else. Yeah, you can lose some money, resources, time, but uh, you get experience, what works for you, what doesn't work. So you can go ahead with that. Can you tell more about taking uh, a risk in digital marketing? How to consider this risk? For example, uh, let me clarify more about that. Um, I see when investors, uh, traders, they usually uh, uh, invest money and uh, understand. Okay, uh, the risk uh, like ten percent that I can lose, uh, but uh, the chance that I can win like fifteen percent. So the chance is better. Uh, that's why it's better to go with that. Can you tell about taking a risk in digital marketing? How? companies can take this risk to analyze before creating content and uh, yeah, uh, uh, to
1: uh, forecast the future, it will work or not. (laughs) I'd I'd say that this type of risk taking that that you're partly speaking about, it it all depends on which stage your company is in. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I think instead of talking risk, maybe we should actually speak about hypotheses. Mm-hmm. Um, based on a hypothesis, meaning an idea that if you change something, you will most likely see an improvement of X. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if, if that improvement actually occurs, you will actually be able to see a return of investment of, of Y. Mm-hmm. And, and that improvement needs to exceed a certain percentage for, you, for your hypothesis to be considered successful or not and um, if you do a lot of these smaller incremental tests or test these type of hypotheses and mm-hmm. some of them will fail but out of that failure you will get learning from what is not working and yeah. those that win you know you you will get learning from what is working because ultimately what you're really trying to do in this sense is trying to get to understand your audience better. Mm -hmm. And this might be when people haven't even reached your website. And I mean, this could be as simple as testing various ad copy or images on, on a, on an ad Mm -hmm. to, to really what color, um, a, a call to action button really should be on your website
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's, it's, it's simple little things that you don't fully grasp until you dare to test them and um, so yeah got I, mean, it. I mean ultimately risk should be rewarded um, but normally isn't um, mm-hmm. and ag- again you shouldn't do foolish things where the where i.e. I mean, there's say in the SEO world, there, there might be certain elements um, that Google would consider illegal or known as black hat. And um, mm-hmm. that's probably something that is a risk that that one shouldn't take. And mm-hmm. you're almost wanting to sort of take in consideration the trade-off. It's almost like the example that you're giving in, 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 in risking in, in, in the investment yep. world and um, yep. you, you trade offs and I mean, part of why you, you know, invest in a bunch of uh, companies um, is mm-hmm. that one out of 20 normally has some sort of kickback from that. And, and the other 19 actually is, is, is something that you you're willing to lose on, but, but they're, mm-hmm. they're Hypothesis that they will be successful. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I found on your LinkedIn profile uh, about new ways of presenting a brand or telling story through online platforms. Can you tell more about uh, creating a storytelling style uh, and how to present this style on social media platforms?
1: I mean, I I think... What, what what we're talking about here is is more um, a phenomenon called uh, live shopping um, mm-hmm. or and and I guess for those for people that have never really heard about what um, live shopping is and um, this could happen in in the in a real in a live format but it could also happen in playback um, mm-hmm. but live shopping per definition um, is a modern day type of TV shopping. So for, for those that remember back in the day, some of our parents, they used to look at TV, uh, phone in to this person that were selling this thing online, uh, thing on the TV. Mm-hmm. And in, in today's world, um, there are a bunch of, I would say, uh, sauce companies but also you have YouTube and Facebook is is leaving their sort of service behind from 1st of October this year. Um, mm-hmm. but ultimately, it helps you to to engage and get closer to your community and your audience. Um, and it's by re- telling a story. Um, often, uh, it's a content creator that is on, uh, on stage uh, mm-hmm. or on screen and building a story around a product or a service and, and people are able to to tune in tune in either mm-hmm. many people can tune in you have a comment section where where there's a lot of emojis and then a lot of engagements like that and you often have a checkout basket and this often happens on a merchants um, homepage
2: mm-hmm
1: you have a checkout basket, so that is directly connected to to their CRM. So everything, while you're still watching, you can continue buying products. Um, And what is sort of fascinating around this is that you you haven't found any other phenomenon, at least in today's world, that has an engagement rate of closer to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So so one wouldn't say that it's directly a... um, a checkout or an e- something that competes with Google Ads, um, it would be something that actually builds your loyalty um, and your following among your um, among your audience and your customers. So it's an engagement tool, and, mm-hmm. and that very much helps other people to tell their friends about what 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 they went through and the, their experience and they will be able to do this all in the comfort of their own home
0: mm-hmm. and yeah love it
1: and then but then you also have the other side where there's you know you have the one to many experience but then you also have the one-on-one
0: mm-hmm.
1: you you can sit now here in florida but you're interested in buying a house from a real estate agent here in in in, in cape town where i'm at Mm-hmm. he will be able to give you guided tour one on one like this and you'll be able to buy it with, uh, from the comfort of your chair just mm-hmm. there where you're sitting yeah. Um, yeah, it's become very popular um, where um, say if you buy electronics you, you have a problem with say uh, one of the electronics that you bought instead of needing to look it up on YouTube uh, or uh, or go into shop you have a conversation like this where you'll be able to show and tell the product again Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's creating engagement uh it's creating this wonderful connection that you haven't had in the past where e-com has been a website and a checkout and and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you have this middle layer and 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 the magic here is that for for e-coms uh often or e-commerce uh, websites and the likes, and they will be able to use this content over and over again. And and I think like one of the the successes uh, to doing this, if you are are sort of to consider this, would be to to do it regularly.
2: Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it will always be, and you shouldn't overthink it. Keep it simple, almost like you and I are doing it right here, right now. You know mm-hmm. more or less what you want to tell. The show doesn't have to be over the top. And um, mm-hmm. make sure that you market it. Um, and, and and that's it. The next time mm-hmm. you might have had five people rocking up listening and engaging. Next time you'll have ten. Next mm-hmm. the time after that you'll have twenty. The time after that you'll have a hundred. It, it, it's a fascinating concept. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about this as well. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, can you tell about uh, differentiate yourself from others? For example, if I create my story, I, I want to uh, share something new experience, but how to differentiate yourself from competitors to highlight your unique selling proposition? Because it's not about uh, getting traffic. Uh, it's more about... Uh, covering your buying journey, you know, uh, to, uh, touch the sales funnel, where you can actually sell and, uh, how to create the story and
1: differentiate
0: from others.
1: I mean, often, um, there's two angles to it. I think you will have an, the engineer. If you, if you have a product, a, a product normally has a use case. It was built mm-hmm. for someone, for a certain purpose to deliver something that is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And and from there, that's also a bet or a risk that someone is taking. Um, Mm -hmm. But most likely out of that, you'll be able to create these almost marketing personas and where, where you will be able to start looking into, okay, again, what problem are you solving? What precede problem are you solving for for this particular audience? And um, who is your competitor or competitors? And and, and what alternatives do they have? Um, mm-hmm. and 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 ultimately I think either do it a lot better. So the solution that you're coming out with, doing it a lot better than than the competitor that that is around or the or, or the alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you also have the flip side to certain to some of these things, uh, where you you can actually start building. And I think this is more popular in, in today's era, where, where you almost construct and um, and a picture and that is built on your value prop Mm -hmm. so what do you represent as a business as a brand and 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 therefore almost therefore allowing your customers or prospects to 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 buy into to to what you represent and therefore they also represent Mm -hmm. i mean one could almost see that a lot of and I'd say almost like big influencers today. They've launched a lot of additional, say, cosmetics brands and the likes. It's because they have a huge following. They have a certain belief and and so they represent certain values, and, mm-hmm. and and instantly they can start selling, because all of a sudden you're buying from someone that you trust, you 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 feel connected with, and. Um, You can, you can, if you're not an influencer, almost emulate that. Yeah. I mean, I think like lately, I think nature uh, has been and, you know, naturally friendly and and the likes um, has been a big, a big thing and people have gone in on these niches and and therefore actually sold on the basic principle that this toothbrush, for example, is, is naturally friendly compared to, mm-hmm. to this alternative uh, that is made out of plastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. I think like it's trying to find various niches either from the use case, if you're building the, the product and then building it from that angle, um, mm-hmm. or from the other side where you can start building almost like your mission, vision statement and therefore also what values you have. And from there, you, you can start building th- this image and, and also how you want to position your brand and how others should perceive you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, read something from your LinkedIn profile one more time. Uh, you are more interested in increasing company longevity. Uh, can you tell about this longevity? Uh, I mean like uh, for example uh, I often see when companies are looking to get results quick results you know like um, in short period of time like uh, for a few days uh, for a few weeks it depends but uh, it takes time to find your uh uh, well-working marketing campaigns, uh, target audience to create content, to set up uh, this content. Can you tell more about longevity, how to create long plan strategy and why it's important?
1: Um, I, I think part, part of what, why I, I run my own agency today, Your Digital mm-hmm. Assembly, and, and that being a full funnel agency and let me first start there. It sort of taps into to the something called the pirate metric, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, it's called basically awareness, acquisition, activation, retention, engagement, um, revenue, and referral, mm-hmm. and 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 that is very much the longevity that we're talking about. Um, it it very much starts with the value proposition that you're creating in terms of the awareness and then how you and whom you acquire with va- what value prop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what what either what service, you know, what service proposition have you actually sold versus what you can actually deliver. Mm-hmm. If you if you oversell your product, you'll most likely have majority of your customers um, unhappy. And they mm-hmm. won't come back and therefore reuse your service or your your your, your product again. And therefore, you will have you will have spent a lot of money acquiring them
2: mm-hmm.
1: for them to, to buy you once. They will therefore also not use you again, meaning you can't upsell or cross-sell to them ever again. And, they will definitely also tell all their friends about how bad their experience was about your product. And and therefore you won't actually help get get any support from from the actual aspect of um, referral, which is the most, probably one of the strongest ways for for you to to gain clients today, Um, especially if you are selling premium products um, Mm -hmm. or or services. so I think it it very much starts there, and um, that's I think like very holistic and and non tangible. From a very tangible standpoint, and there is there is a certain belief that reason why one would start um, Google ad campaigns is because it's a switch it's a switch of a button, and therefore you you will start making money. Mm-hmm. And it's normally not yeah. the case, and. Um, and, and if, if that is the case, you know, you need to again, start with your KPIs. What is an acceptance level at, 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 when you start? At, mm-hmm. and, and, and then most likely the, the longer time it goes, the, the lower that cost per will, will become because you have a long-livity sort of view on your campaign. But as you want to scale your business, you will start buying more traffic that is less interested in what you actually have to offer. And therefore your cost per will start increasing after a while and you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Therefore yeah. SEO, for example, is normally a marathon race. So you have paid the hundred meter race that will sort of take you somewhere, but won't take you all the way most likely. And mm-hmm. SEO, only kicks in once you're paid is over. And SEO will take somewhere between six to 12 months to really kick in, but that means how you really appear in the search engine result pages uh, and what keywords you, you're appearing for. Uh, but that normally drives a lot of traffic with high intent, because I think in today's world, a lot of users are no longer users that would like to buy something no longer really wants to click on ads. They, they wanna click on organic links because they believe that there's more honesty and value in these, even mm-hmm. though you, you can, of course, with search engine optimization, make sure that you're scientifically number one. And mm-hmm. um, it, it takes longer time. So I think like if you start doing these together, you will sort of have a long, long game. And then you have, again, you start working with UCRMs to know who your clients are. Because if you don't know who your clients are, you will never really know which keywords are relevant for them. You don't really know how to expand your keyword campaigns. And um, there might be certain geographical areas where you actually don't have any clients and they're just costing money in terms of clicks. And um, you, you might also, if you don't look at your CRM, have a humongous drop off, meaning clients that have come in the basket, they bought one time, but you as a marketing team actually don't look holistically. You only have as, as target to, to, to drive um, first time buyers, but the CRM mm-hmm. doesn't tell you any further. So therefore, you, you spend all your efforts believing that you're driving quality, but in the long term, that actually has drained your 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 budgets, and therefore you you might actually need to scale back uh, or pivot, or I mean, worst case is, is to shut the doors. Um, and and because what you really want to use if you if you play long uh, long. I would say like more of a long game, and you mm-hmm. use your CRM data to, to improve your calibration of whom you're targeting already on awareness stage, and um, to, to find so-called lookalike audiences uh, based on algorithmic algorithmic data that you're feeding to to to, to various search engines and the likes. So, mm-hmm. it, longevity is more. Science takes longer time. KPIs takes longer time to really kick in, to give you a full truthful picture. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, marketing departments and marketeers today are being stressed on often, I'd say monthly, if not quarterly ba- basis, quarterly, especially if you're, if you're working for, for a listed company, because mm-hmm. you, need, you need to perform here and now and not in the long game.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah volleyball volleyball uh, Alex I'm interested about uh, from your experience what businesses uh, should avoid today I mean like not to do uh, because it doesn't work it's obsolete or uh, probably uh I don't know m- m- many other things uh, from your experience what it's better to avoid because it doesn't work today and uh, tell what businesses must do today? I mean, like, one thing they
1: need don't need to do and one thing they must do. I mean, the no, n- number one here is, is establish what you need to measure mm-hmm. and KPIs. If you mm-hmm. don't have a baseline in terms of what you consider success, and you, you will fumble in the dark and, mm-hmm. and you will never see improvements. Um, You'll never see improvements. Or you'll never really see when things are going going south or not in, not not working very well. Mm-hmm. And th- then, what what people most likely should not do uh, is is add a lot of vanity KPIs and, and mm-hmm. metrics. Again, like you can hear, I'm, I'm 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 a believer in in using science and, and numbers often both qualitative and quantitative to, to build success cases. But it's also very important to get to know and understand what you're measuring and for what reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, say, say, for example, there's a lot of still today social marketeers uh, that are b- building communities that, that, that have likes as a KPI. What does mm-hmm. run like really mean? Nothing it's 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 one that is this obscure one and mm-hmm. then you can also have a lot of awareness campaigns are are being built on driving as many ctms as possible or as much impressions as possible but if you can't really have any any attribution of those awarenesses in terms of of growth maybe not today but say in 6 months time then most likely that would have been a waste. Mm-hmm. So so I think, I, I think a lot of I'm I'm still finding today, especially it's fascinating working with an agency and, and being out with clients, uh, seeing that a lot of the things that that I struggle with, I, I guess being the marketeer uh, for one company, Many years ago, they're still there, um, and and people are still struggling with actually knowing what to measure. I think today's world has just become a lot more complex because mm-hmm. there's uh, so much more data, and um, and and often people they, they they get these early jobs with with very little experience, and then they're being told what to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and then once people, you know, reach a certain certain skill set or can deliver on these short-term targets and they're being promoted to, to a new title where they're actually not operationally active, they're, they're, then, they're, then they're involved in strategy, meaning they're doing top-down KPI settings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have the question about, uh, for example, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What would you do to learn more about digital marketing? Um,
1: what would I do? I, I would, I mean, I'd find, I'll speak to people. I'll find strong people. I mean, we live in a today that where are the, the, the world is an oyster. I mean, I'm based on, mm-hmm. on the cable of Good Hope, but I work, internationally a, across the world um, I'm sitting here speaking to you uh, today and your and your listeners. Um, I, people are open, willing to share their knowledge. Mm-hmm. There, there's advices out there, people that again have made, have made it through, through sort of the jungle and then mm-hmm. that are more than happy to give back. Um, take the time, and they have they have the time. You just need to dare to ask. Often, often people don't, and, mm-hmm. and and they feel that there's a certain honor in not asking the basic questions. I mean, I mm-hmm. I know I, I've been there. I mean, secondly, I I, I wouldn't one thing I wouldn't do uh, where I've mm-hmm. seen that a lot of people doing is is doing. I'd say they're doing online marketing at university.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why, one wouldn't, why one shouldn't do that is because all the information that they learn during their bachelor year or years
2: mm-hmm.
1: will be obsolete when they actually graduate. Because mm-hmm. it's an ever-changing landscape. And mm-hmm. secondly, what I would really do is I would get my hands dirty. And mm-hmm. again, depending on really what you would like to do within digital marketing, because digital marketing is so um it's broad. I mean mm-hmm. you want to be a data analyst. Okay, well, you most likely should learn C plus and 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 and, J and and the likes and start actually looking at data queries. There are some fantastic free resources out there already today. If it's mm-hmm. if it's paid, okay. Maybe you should at least certify yourself and make sure that you know you get the basics and actually know how to how Google Ads work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask someone if you, you, you they can shadow if they can shadow you. And I think practical knowledge today is so much more worth. And then dare to experiment. And if you want to be a content writer, produce content. If you want yeah. to design or oh, set, set up a free can, Canva account and get Kraken. Uh, refine your skill set. Uh, exactly. So I think, uh, you, you know, like the, the balance of, I'd say, I'd say speaking to people that know, mm-hmm. that could point you, making sure that you find trustworthy sources um, online, which aren't the, on the first i would say the, the the first page when you do a google search um it, it is probably very important because all those pages have been seo optimized and will be top 10 tips to do this and 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 those are pretty obsolete today um mm-hmm. I, I mean i personally just very recently did a, a course called reforge um which uh, has been extremely powerful and given me a very strong um Framework in terms of both thinking of, about growth, um, and so what? What is Reforge? Reforge is basically an online course um, within that covers both uh, product marketing, uh, marketing and growth. Um, it's been it was created by Andrew Ch- Andrew Chen who was prior before at at Uber. Um, he, he sort of headed up their global driver's side of the, the business. And, and Brian Bolford, who, who, who was the, the man that scaled um, HubSpot in 2011 to, to what mm-hmm. HubSpot is today. So, yeah. so they have very strong beliefs on how to find leverages and how to think about certain frameworks and how you can actually get ahead as a business and scale that business in, in a successful way
0: hmm yeah, love it, love it. Alex, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you.
1: Um, I'd say that my LinkedIn profile, and um, I mean, anton Lady. I don't know if you're sharing this type of information, but my LinkedIn profile, which is uh, it's mm-hmm. simple, <laughs> LinkedIn.com slash Alice Makura. And um, mm-hmm. secondly, I'd, I'd use alex at yourdigitalassembly.com. Um, and if mm-hmm. not, uh, yourdigitalassembly.com uh, is also a, a strong website uh, to come and visit. It's, it's sort of in the process of being redone, but so uh, the new one should be out in the le- in, at the end of this month.
0: Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights. I love it. Uh, I've learned myself. I, I'm pretty sure that audience uh, has learned something new as well. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.